And we're live. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wheelie Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Atoll, and I'm joined by Seth Weintraub. How's it going, Seth? Good. Uh, we have some uh, technical difficulties. Mike is on his phone. Uh, we're both in hotels. Mike is in Salt Lake City. I'm in, um, where am I? Madrid, uh, Spain. So uh, the, the sound quality is not going to be the best this week, but I uh, hope, hope you'll bear with us. Uh, what's yes. going to happen today? So uh, we've got several interesting uh, posts to go over, some two-wheeled EV news from the last week. It's about 50-50 this time uh, between electric bikes and electric motorcycles. Uh, some of the interesting things we're going to cover are a new electric bicycle from Vulcan, a uh, power sports company out of Texas. Frey has unveiled a new affordable line of electric bikes. Uh, we've got a really cool sidecar electric bike from a company called Mod Bikes that we're going to check out. Uh, Yamaha has a new mid-drive uh, electric bike motor. And then we're going to move into some interesting two-wheeled, uh, sorry, two-person uh, transportation. So both Blix and Razor have new two-person two-wheelers. One's an electric bike, one's an electric scooter. And then we've got some cool new electric motorcycles in these sort of uh, midway categories from CSC and from Coulter. So uh, what's at the top of the list today, Seth? All right. Post number one we're going to talk about is Texas-based Vulcan unveils full suspension BRAP, a 28-mile-per-hour electric moped-style bike. So the Brat is a really interesting e-bike. Now, right off the bat, it kind of looks like a Super 73 style bike. And I think because Super 73 kind of started this category, everything gets compared to them. But Vulcan really kind of went their own way by using a design that's very similar to their electric motorcycle, the Grunt. And so the frame looks very similar. Um, instead of having a top-mounted battery, the battery's pretty low. And then that sort of gas tank looking thing is actually a storage compartment that locks and it's got a usb charging port in there so you can charge up your phone i think it's usb a unfortunately not usb c but you know baby steps here in the industry um, but the bike itself is a uh, pretty cool high performance bike it's got speeds up to 28 plus miles an hour which whenever companies put that plus it usually means like Wink, wink, we can actually go faster, but we can't legally tell you how much faster we can go. So we're going to have to wait until uh, the, these bikes start getting out either to deliveries or if Vulcan can uh, send us one for a review. And if you're listening uh, there in Texas, I think either Seth or I would be very happy to review one of these if, if you guys at Vulcan want to send one out for testing. But uh, basically, or. Or they could even fly us to Texas. That wouldn't be so bad either, right? There you go. Yeah, tested it on its home soil. So, um, right. I mean, this is, as far as, like, full suspension moped-style bikes go, I would say this is one of the ones I'm more excited for because it just has more of that sort of motorcycle feel to it. The design is kind of refreshing, but it's still a, you know, fully street-legal electric bicycle. This is not something you need a motorcycle license for even though it kind of looks like a, a small, lightweight motorcycle or, or at least a moped. Um, I mean, Seth, you've got a lot of experience on Super 73s as well. What do you think sort of comparing the design? Yeah, I mean, uh, I do like that the battery is a little bit lower. So the Super 73s typically have the battery either um, under the seat on the lower end models or as like the gas can uh, 
so it's kind of high up. And, you know, at one point I, I had gotten in Iraq. I don't know if it was my fault or the high uh, weight balance, probably the former, but, um, you know, this has a little bit, it's going to have a little bit lower uh, center of gravity because the, the battery is a little bit lower, but it still has that aesthetic um, where it kind of looks like a motorcycle. Um, as for power, um, this has 750 watt hour battery, um, is good for 70 miles. Um, but, and, and of course it's, you know, 750 watt motor. Of course you have to throw up quotation marks there. You know, if it's going to go over 28 miles per hour, it's going to be over 750. Watt. Do we have any idea how crazy this is, this motor is going to be? Do we know anything about the motor? We unfortunately don't. I'm guessing it's going to be one of these like thousand to twelve hundred watt peak. You know, if they go with a forty eight volt battery and a twenty two amp controller, that would put them right at about eleven hundred watts or so, and that's quite common. If they really want to up the power and put like a thirty amp controller, then now we're talking like fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred watts. So it really kind of depends how nuts they want to go with the power. But that motor certainly seems like it's prepared to put out more than the 750 watts that they're letting out. Yeah, and it certainly the, the aesthetic of the bike is certainly conducive to uh, higher speeds. Um, it you know, looks uh, strong enough to handle that, that stuff. So um, I think we'll look forward to that. It's going to be interesting to see where that goes. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, Frey, uh, one of our favorite bike companies out of China, unveils more affordable line of fast, high-end, full-suspension electric mountain bikes. Talk about that. Yes. So Frey, I mean, the thing that Frey is known for is building really powerful electric mountain bikes with uh, either mid or top-shelf parts, but at a price that comes in several thousand dollars below what would usually be the, um, like the European equivalent of these types of high-performance bikes. And so, uh, you know, we're normally talking in the four, five, six thousand dollar range for for a lot of phrase really nice, you know, very powerful fifteen hundred watt e bikes that would compare to something like an eight thousand um, dollar, you know, high bike or bowls or something like that. So, you know, more affordable, but still four thousand dollars for a full suspension electric mountain bike is not something a lot of people can afford. But this new Frey Evolve line is designed to solve that. So same company, same uh, you know manufacturing techniques, a lot of the same components, but a bit uh, closer to that like mid shelf end for this uh, Evolve. And there's uh, two bikes that they're rolling out first. First is the uh, Neo, and then there's the Neo Pro. Both of these save a bit of money on uh, not just the components but also the motor. So unlike uh, most of Ferry's bikes that have that really powerful M620 motor that's out like. Yeah, 1500 peak watts. This is the uh, M600. It's listed as a 500 watt motor, but it's really more like a thousand watts of actual power that it's going to be putting out. And so this is a little bit more of a, um, uh, you know, not crazy over the top motor. It would compete well against the highest power motors from Bosch and Shimano and Broza, those types of, um, you know, performance mountain bike motors that you'd see from the big. European producers. When it comes to the suspension, it's it's a similar situation where you know it's not like on um, Phrase EX Pro where they have that uh, Rockshox Lyric fork, which by itself is like a eight hundred or nine hundred dollar fork. 
Instead, they've gone like a couple steps down the line. So you still have nice rock shock suspension, but it's just not that, you know, really high-end stuff. Uh, same thing for the brakes. You know, it's not the Magura MT5Es anymore, which are really high-end brakes. Now we're looking at like um, Tektro quad piston brakes, which are still very good, much better than you'd find on like a $1,500, $2,000 mid-price bike in the U.S., but, but not the top shelf stuff. But what that does is it really allows them to get the prices closer to what a lot of people in the U.S. are looking for in a, uh, I, I want to say a quote-unquote entry-level bike, not really entry-level, but you know, starting at 2900 bucks for a full suspension, very powerful electric mountain bike is quite reasonable when you compare it to the rest of the market. You know, I know people are going to say, oh, I can buy like a cheap motorcycle for 3000 bucks," and that's true, but uh, electric bikes and you know, the bicycle industry in general, is a very expensive market to get into. So for under $3,000 to get what is a very nice, very powerful full suspension electric mountain bike is really quite a good deal. Um, Seth, I know you've got some uh, good experience on some furry bikes. Uh, what's your take on these sort of more affordable ones? Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it. Like it, the, the one thing that was kind of killing Frey was that, the, you know, they were still a lot lower priced than the bike shop bikes with, with many of the same components, but now they're taking it down even further um, and kind of competing with, um, I don't know what do you call them? Like the, the drop ship or the, you know, the, the bikes, like, you know, I would say like the rad powers and the, the juice and the, you know, ride one ups and, and all those Aventon, you, you're getting like a little bit of a, premium bike in in a, a cost that kind of goes with the, the tier type you know very popular very good bikes but like just that you just don't have the power that this one's going to still put out which is you know probably around a kilowatt um how is um their um distribution i know we talked last time about fray and they had you know they have now a shopify website and they you know, you, you can get it sent um, from their website before you had to like organize your own shipping, but <laughs> they still don't have a, they still don't have a U.S. Uh, uh, representative distributor. Um, where are they still in that same place as before? Yeah, exactly. They're still looking to set up U.S. operations with a local distributor. You know, they are really eyeing the U.S. market. Um, because they they would really be one of the few sort of high-end but still reasonably priced electric mountain bike companies. So they're trying to find a dealer, uh, and probably if you or anyone you know wants to get into importing some nice electric mountain bikes, they would love to talk to you. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, you know, one of the known uh, distributors doesn't jump on them. You know, coming to mind, uh, uh, Luna Cycles maybe, or... Um, you know, somebody could rebrand them for like, um, you know, a juice if they wanted to have a, a mid, mid drive line or I, I guess Quiet Cat, uh, one of the brands that has uh, distribution in like Lowe's. I think we saw some of their bikes and I, I know they have a distribution thing with um, Frey. So something will happen there. Yeah, I would. Luna is the one that I would think would be a good choice, but also I think they see themselves as competitors, especially with their like X1, X2 bikes. That I'm not yeah, sure if they want to also sell for it. 
That's a good point. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, this one's a fun one. The Mod Easy Sidecar Electric. They carry the passenger the fun, old-fashioned way. That's so there's something that. just... I don't know what it is about a sidecar, but it just, like, brings out this huge smile in me because it's, it's like sharing the experience of going on a bike ride, right? Or like, you see these old-timey vintage motorcycles with a sidecar, and it just it makes it, like, a much more social activity. And so to see an electric bicycle like this with one of these uh, retro-style sidecars, it just, like, tickles some, like, early childhood feelings of mine of seeing these, like, you know, cartoon sidecars going down the road, uh, you know, wind in the hair, goggles on the face. And that's kind of the feeling I get from this bike. Uh, it's, it's called the Mod Easy. It's sort of a company called Mod Bikes. And you can actually get it without the sidecar, but I don't know why you would want to do that. Obviously, this is so much cooler with the sidecar on it. And it's just a, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably like a normal, you know, fat tire uh, retro style bike without it. But the sidecar is what really makes this thing so special. And it really seems fairly utilitarian as well. I mean, the sidecar has a little seat in there, so you could put a passenger. I think the, the weight limit was like 100 and. 10 or 120 pounds, something like that. So, you know, a smaller sized adult or, you know, probably a couple small kids could sit in there. Could, of course, fill it with, you know, cargo and, and groceries and that sort of thing. And they even sell a um, sort of basket uh, shaped one if you don't want the sidecar. There's like an open utility basket that goes on the sidecar cache instead if you just want to use it for cargo. But, I mean, the, the sidecar is what really makes these things so special and really invokes that kind of retro vibe. So uh, this is just like when I saw this thing immediately, I was like, all right, this, I have to cover this thing. It's just so unique and cool. And uh, I actually reached out to the company and they just recently told me that they're going to let us review this thing. So very oh, excited nice. to be able to get a, a review unit here. Yeah. So does the sidecar come off? Is this uh, like a removable sidecar? Yeah, definitely. So you can take it off if you know, you're, you're, going out on a ride and you know you're not going to have a person or, or cargo with you. I'm not sure how quickly it comes off. You know, it might be that you got to get your, your ratchet set out and spend a couple of minutes removing some bolts, but uh, yeah. that, that might be best. Looks like I see some bolts down there, but yeah, you definitely don't want this just to be hooked on like a, uh, you know, like a burly uh, trailer or something. Yeah. This should be uh, pretty securely affixed without like a quick release or something. Yeah. Um, and so you said like uh, 100 pounds or 100, a little over 100 pounds. So a small human in here is pretty safe if they have a helmet. Um, but I would also caution like sidecar vehicles don't drive like, uh, you know, two-wheeled vehicles. So you got to kind of think ahead when it comes to turning and braking and all the other stuff. Uh, do, do, does this bike have like, you know, extra braking, does it have stuff that it'll need to, you know, is the power in the motor enough to get this whole thing on the road going at good speeds? Yeah, it's a very good question. So I think it's got the, the nice hydraulic just brakes and it's got a 750 watt motor. Um, the bike itself will do 28 miles an hour. It's class three, but they recommend not going over about 10 miles an hour when you have the sidecar on which I think is, is largely a liability thing. But just like you said, the, the characteristics of riding a sidecar bike are even more 
odd than a typical tricycle because not only do you have three wheels, but you're off on the side of the three-wheeler. So I think for that reason, they're like, yeah, take it nice and easy when you have someone in the sidecar, in the sidecar attached at all. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, moving on. Yamaha uh, launches a new mid-drive electric bike motor with more power and smaller package. So Yamaha, I've always been a fan of their mid-drives. They just, they feel so smooth and nice. Um, I mean, you know, like Bosch, Broza, Shimano, they all do a good job. But each time I've gotten on a Yamaha bike, I'm always like really impressed by it. And the newest motor here basically takes everything that they've had in their last uh, motor series, which really only came out like four or five months ago. And it makes it a little more powerful, a little torquier a little bit lighter and a little bit smaller. So basically it's just a little bit better in every perspective. And one of the things they're really touting is that it's got about 20% smaller volume. And while that's not a metric that we normally talk about much with e-bike motors, you know, it's like, we'll talk about how physically big they are. The, the idea behind this is that it actually allows uh, frame builders and OEMs to have more freedom over the design of their bike because they don't have such a chunky motor down there. And so when it comes to creating the geometry, which a lot of us don't sort of think about how important that is in the way the bike feels, but when they're designing that geometry, they want to make sure that the bike is as comfortable and uh, handles as, as well as it can. And having a smaller motor that allows them more freedom with the angle of their tubes is really a huge deal. So in addition to, you know, a little bit more power and a little bit lighter, what they're really touting is just how much more freedom it gives frame designers to be able to uh, create frames around it. And, and that's kind of one of the special things about Yamaha here is because unlike companies like Bosch or Broza or even Shimano, not only does Yamaha make the drive motors, but they also make electric bicycles. So they're both a motor manufacturer and an electric bicycle manufacturer. So they build their own bikes with their motors they also offer them to other companies that want to build a bike around them, which is pretty neat and you know, obviously very unique in the electric uh, bicycle industry. In terms of power, I mean, this thing is going to be very similar to the other um, high-end uh, electric mountain bike motors. You know, it's, it's listed at 250 watts because it basically has to be if they want to sell in uh, Europe or Asia. But it's putting out probably in the five to six hundred watt range, which is pretty standard for you know Bosch and Ambrosia's electric mountain bike um, motors. There. Yeah, and uh, seventy five nanometers of torque. That's putting it on the you know kind of the high end of the uh, you know typical um, low uh, weight motors. So it's hitting all the right spots on this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's right up there. I'd say, I think the the highest uh, torque motor from Bosch is like 90 newton meters, but they start at like 40 or 50 for their sort of baseline motors. So it's on the higher end of the spectrum. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, the the smaller volume, the smaller the weight reduction, all that is going to make it an easier motor to to these bikes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to try a bike at some point with this new motor on it because I think it'll actually make a difference. Smaller package, lighter, basically everything's a little better. Yeah. All right, moving on. Bliss unveils 80 miles range double electric bike to carry your friends, pets, and cargo. 
Yeah, so I'm told that uh, double, which, by the way, for anyone who's just listening, is spelled D-U-B-B-E-L. I'm told that this means uh, double in uh, Dutch, I guess, which would make sense because Blix really sort of invokes this Dutch bike styling a lot of their bikes. The double branches out a little bit more as a utility bike, but it still kind of pulls in that original Dutch bike styling that their um, first electric bikes had. And the cool thing about the double here is that uh, it's designed not just for two riders when you put a, a padded seat on the back, which is one of their accessories, but also for all sorts of cargo. So it's really their sort of, um, not not full cargo bike, because they actually have the Blix Packer, which is like a long-tail cargo bike, like a rad wagon. But this is sort of their mid-tail utility bike, which um, I think uh, if you had to pick one other rad bike to compare it to, Seth, which, which one would you compare it to? Uh, the runner yeah exactly so this is sort of their their take on the rad runner i would say um i think i I even described it in the article as um what i would say the rad runner would look like after it hit puberty because this kind of takes everything in the rad runner that uh it already had which was great and it grows up a little so it's faster it's um got a bigger battery it's got hydraulic brakes it's got everything that we like kind of want to see there but it's just like a more grown-up version with everything a, a little bit more advanced. So uh, in my opinion, I mean, this thing looks like a really interesting utility bike platform for someone who wants uh, a little bit better parts uh, and also wants the ability to add a second battery because this one, in fact, does have the option for two battery packs, which is where they get that sort of inflated 80-mile range. Uh, the two batteries are, are 40 miles for one battery. Obviously, if you're using pedal assist, you can get there, but with throttle control, it's going to be a little trickier to eke out that 80 miles. But still, for a utility bike, uh, I mean, it has pretty much everything I would want, maybe with the exception of suspension, which, uh, because they've got this really high weight rating, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I won't say it's close to like 350, maybe 400 pounds, but that high weight rating, it's, it's hard to get a uh, suspension fork that's going to withstand those loads with, you know, heavy braking, imagine going downhill, loaded down with two people. So, uh, you know, a lot of the time we, we see these uh, heavy utility bike uh, or heavy weight rating utility bikes with these rigid forks. So most everything here I like kind of would want to see a suspension fork, but I get why it's not there. Yeah. I, again, like you said, uh, it has uh, rad runner vibes. Um, it even has this uh, thing between the, uh, the the down tube and the, and the back of the bike that kind of looks like a carrier. Do you know what? Like, I, I don't have a really good view of this thing right in the middle here. Um, yes. But- so they've got a ton of accessories, and I think that's one of their sort of like um, uh, cargo carrier accessories. There. Okay. It's like in the triangle there. Um has that big thing that they, they often sell with the runner uh, for – cargo and even it has a cup holder on the top so uh cool stuff here obviously uh the rad runner engineers are probably you know, at the same time like pissed that they're getting copied but also like have to be a little bit flattered because uh since what is it the uh the most sincere form of flattery is uh imitation <laughs> yeah so um, you know, the tires also look rad. I know rad has uh, two and a half inch tires and the, the industry standard is four. Do we, what size tires are these? 
So I think the Red Runner actually has three inch tires, and these I believe are three point okay. three inch. So um, again, it's that kind of balloon tire. Um, you know, like you said, four inch is like the fat tire. Two inch is kind of your normal um, bigger city or mountain bike tire, and three is like that in between balloon tire. It still gives you a fairly nimble ride, but lots of air volume for for a cushier ride. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, what's the price again on this one? Uh, it's a good question. I don't have it in front of me, and I'm on my phone, so the screen's pretty small. So if you can find right. it there, I'll rely on me for that one. Let me do a search for dollar signs there. It is two thousand dollars for the single battery and twenty five hundred for the double battery, um, and a hundred dollar discount uh, currently on Blix's website. So that's not a bad price at all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's if you compare it to sort of the Rad Runner Plus, which right. um, costs I think eighteen ninety nine right now. It's a little bit pricier, but uh, it's also faster. It's got, uh, I think, a larger battery, um, even with just a single battery, and the hydraulic just breaks. So uh, I, I think it's it's priced pretty fairly. All right, here's an interesting one. Uh, Razor's new, most versatile yet. Uh, one kilowatt electric scooter carries two seated adults. So staying with the two seated adults uh, theme here. Yeah, so again, it's like you know, the, the Rad Runner engineers are probably just like, kicking themselves at, at all of these copies. But um, you know, it's kind of like we said with Super 73, like when you create a, a new type of iconic model, limitations are going to follow. And this is definitely sort of a Rad Runner class vehicle. It's made by Razor, though, which we don't normally think of as making um, vehicles that would fit into like an e-bike type of class. This is, in fact, still a scooter. There's no pedals on it. It's got, I, I think, 16-inch wheels, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but they're fat tires. So it looks like a bicycle sort of stance when you look at it in profile. You know, you've got someone sitting on a bicycle-style seat, the feet are in front of them. It doesn't really look like a scooter, except that there's no pedals. So that's where you get this sort of quasi-mix between a Radnor-type utility bike and a scooter, which is what uh, Razor is obviously quite good at. The, the other interesting things here are that you, know, you still have that Razor DNA. So instead of a hub motor, which is what basically every other scooter and bike manufacturer is putting in their affordable bikes and scooters, Razor is sticking with their mid-mounted chain-driving motor. And I'm not sure why they chose this hill to die on, but they just love these, <laughs> these mid-mounted chain-driving motors. They're loud, they're... Um, require more maintenance, that chain gets dirty, but man, they love the hell out of these things. So that's what they put in in this thing. And, uh, you know, God love them because it seems like it still has decent performance. You know, it gets 20 miles an hour. Uh, it's got enough power to pull two people. I think they say it's a uh, thousand watts of power. And so it might not be the quietest ride. Uh, you know, I noticed that they don't give us any video or sounds, but it seems like it's going to be fairly effective at its role, which is really that utility scooter type of job. Uh, the, the main downside to me I see is that unlike a bike, which if the battery you know, runs out, you can pedal it home with uh, this Razor scooter. If the battery runs out, you're kind of like, I guess, standing up and kicking like a, like a normal scooter. I don't know what you do in that situation. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that. I also look at this and I immediately see like some kid with it and two of his friends, like him standing up and two of his friends on the back and doing a three-person scooter Um, just because you have that space in the front. Uh, You know, maybe the guy in the middle is is driving and the guy is just standing and holding the (laughs) I'm just, I'm just seeing like this has a very big opportunity for people to be on it, which of course you shouldn't do, and but of course everybody will do. So. I'm trying to figure out the logistics of how that would work because the standing person would have to be the eyes and telling the guy sitting That's behind good. him how to steer. <laughs> yeah, turn quick. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> uh, maybe it's... the guy in front is steering. Both both the guy in front and the middle guy have hands on. Steering wheel, but the guy in the middle is just, you know, holding on for dear life while the guy in front is actually steering. And then, you know, everybody lean left, everybody lean right. <laughs> this is giving me a weird, like, uh, human razor peen style of vibes here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, um, I mean, you love to see it. Like, they're doing some new stuff. They're they're taking the good stuff from the uh, Rad Runner again and. And making a new type of uh, vehicle out of it, um, you know, putting two and I guess three people on one vehicle is going to even uh, make streets better, like taking taking more cars off the street. So I guess that's great. So, uh, um, Razor. All right, <laughs> moving on. The CSC RX1E, uh, and E is like at the end seems to be like for some reason. Uh, the new thing in motorcycles this year. But anyway, the electric motorcycle coming to U.S. riders hitting 80 miles per hour for under $8,000. Yes, this is basically an uh, adventure-style motorcycle that has been electrified and given street tires and turned into like a commuter electric motorcycle. So uh, CSC, if um, someone's not familiar with, is a California uh, motorcycle dealer. And they started a few years ago doing electric models as well with the uh, City Slicker, which is like a cute little Honda Grome style um, mini motorcycle. It got like 45-ish miles an hour. So over time, they've introduced uh, electric scooters with the Monterey and the Wiz. But now they're going back to uh, a new model of electric motorcycle, but this time really upping the performance into something that would be uh, highway capable and something that, you know, a respectable motorcycle rider would, would ride as opposed to the city slicker, which was, you know, for all intents and purposes, a scooter in a motorcycle shape. So with the RX-1E here, um, and yes, if you write the, the naming uh, scheme, it really follows their other gas bikes. So they've got the RX-3 and RX-4, which are like, uh, you know, gas adventure bikes. Um, and then this one is sort of a same style, but they made it electric along with the E. So that, that's what we get. Yeah, is and also the, the, the uh, Zero FXE as well. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's becoming very common. And this one, um, which interesting mention it, because it's probably going to compete pretty well with the FXE because it's got similar specs. You know, that 80 miles an hour is right at where the FXE is. It's also right at where the Saunders, motorcycle, uh, Saunders Metacycle is. And then the uh, Rivet Anthem is at 75 miles an hour. So we've got a lot of interesting sort of middleweight electric motorcycles coming out that are, um, you know, under that uh, $20,000 mark of the flagships, like the 
Livewire One and the Zero SRF and the um, uh, Energicas. Uh, and this one priced at, I want to say, $8,500 is, is really undercutting those, those really expensive uh, flagship models. Obviously, it's not as nice. Um, you know, it does have uh, level two charging, I believe, but uh, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't have fast charging. It doesn't have uh, an app. It doesn't have, you know, a fancy screen. It doesn't have a lot of the, the nice things that you'll find on uh, some of these other motorcycles. I... I think it might have ABS. I'm trying to remember if it actually has ABS or not. So it might have you know, a few of these nitro bells and whistles. But obviously I think it's not it does, does on the front. If you look at the front of the uh, the thing, it looks kind of like those ABS brake systems we were trying out at uh, Interbike, the, the little, um, the little lot, I don't know what you call that thing. With right. Sprocket thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think it's got ABS, which is, is still at least pretty nice because not all motorcycles are going to come with that. So, um, you know, you're still getting uh, some decent bike for your money here, but it's obviously not going to compete with the flagship bikes. For me, though, I mean, this is really all that I would need as a commuter. You know, I don't really need to go more than 80 miles an hour. Like, uh, when I'm on zeros, um, you know, I've been on them recently, and, yeah, I go faster than 80 when I can because it's kind of nice to have that power. But for a commuter, I mean, you don't really need that every day when you just go on to work on the coffee shop coming home and so to be able to bring in some of these more affordable bikes especially you know one that actually looks pretty decent like this you know it really sort of fits in with those um uh adventure bikes um even sort of like a uh, a sport touring bike i would say so it's it's really an interesting addition to the to the market and in this case like i said you're really getting a lot for your money even those um you know storage boxes that are on there those come standard. That would be like uh, you know several hundred dollars if you added those onto, for example, a zero. Um, the LED turn signals again; those are standard on zero. You got to pay extra for LED turn signals. So there are some nice sort of uh, upgrades here that, that you might not expect. But for someone who just wants a you know modestly powerful, modest speed mid weight bike. I would say this is, is actually a, a pretty nice offer. I mean, at 8500 bucks, it, it really comes in far below an entry-level zero or some of the other uh, more expensive electric motorcycles out there. Yeah, it really does seem like, you know, they are making fully usable bikes uh, for, for a much lower price. I mean, this one has a Continental belt drive uh, with a, you know, it seems like, a bargain bike it seems like a bike that you know their their city slicker was kind of like you know this is kind of a thing but you know yeah absolutely um, yeah i don't know it's it's pretty pretty impressive yeah this market is really starting to expand with these sort of um you know affordably priced mid-weight bikes in fact the next one we're going to talk about here is uh, essentially a direct competitor or will become a direct competitor to uh, the RX-1 here. And that's um, that's the Coulter RS-1 here. Yeah, so, so Coulter RS-1, 80-mile-per-hour <clears throat> electric motorcycle, will start cruising U.S. roads soon. Yeah, and so this, I mean, the styling is obviously quite different. This is more of a uh, naked sport bike kind of uh, styling here. But uh, again, the specs... Very similar. So we've got a uh, mid-mounted motor, 80 mile an hour top speed, 
Um, the battery here, I, I forget what the capacity is. I don't know if you can find it there, Seth. But uh, I think it's going to fall close to the uh, six kilowatt hours that was in the, um, uh, the yeah, CSCR. 6. Oh, 8.6. That's even better. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're looking at what is going to be effectively a pretty long range bike. It's still commuter specs, you know, 80 miles an hour. This is not something you're going to take to the track and, you know, lay down some, uh, some good track times. But for guys that are just trying to get to work and back, this is actually a, a very nice bike. Uh, one thing I would have loved to have seen would be a belt drive here. Unfortunately, it's got that chain yeah, drive. Noticing that. Yeah, which to me, it's when I'm on an electric motorcycle with a chain drive, it just takes away a little bit from the experience. It does add an interesting sound, but it's it's so much louder than a belt drive. And one of the beauties of being on an electric motorcycle is just the near silence. You know, you really get just the line of the motor. And so to have like an additional louder line of the chain takes a little something of it, uh, you know, away f- for me personally, but um, it probably helps save a few bucks here. So you can understand why they went for it. Uh, speaking of bucks, this one's going to be a little bit more expensive. I think this is in the 11 to, to $12,000 range, which uh, will put it right at about the same price as an entry level zero. But it's got a, a larger battery. It's going to have more range. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a toss-up for me. Because on the one hand, if you look at Zero, which is kind of like the standard in the industry, you've got more dealerships. You've got um, you know, a company that's uh, been existing for longer. There's probably more aftermarket parts for it. But with Coulter, you're getting better performance, at least with a, a bigger motor, um, a, a bigger battery, longer range. That sort of thing. So this one, if I had to choose between this and FXE, it would be a bit tricky because while the FXE is probably uh, has nicer styling, the the longer range here is going to be quite enticing, especially considering that um, you know both of those bikes are not high capacity. You know, the FXE has a um, seven point two kilowatt hour battery, but technically it's more like a low six, maybe six and a half kilowatt hour because zero uses kind of a funny way to measure their, their battery capacity, which only inflates a little bit. So um, in, in this way, I mean, we're really seeing some, some very enticing competition now, whereas it used to be that if you wanted a, an entry-level electric motorcycle, you were pretty much limited to zero's uh, FX line or their, uh, their S or their DS, which were you know also their um, sort of sportier entry-level motorcycles. So I'm really excited to see a bunch of interesting new options here. And there are even more that are um, not available in the U.S. yet, like the um, TS Bravo from Alendo that are, uh, a lot of people are hoping are going to come to the U.S. There's a Sauron Storm B, which uh, actually will have a street legal variant that a lot of people are hoping are going to come to the U.S. Um, but this is just really an exploding category that people who are interested in getting into motorcycles. Maybe they've been uh, motorcycle curious in the past, but they don't want like a, a big, heavy, loud, smelly motorcycle. This is the kind of thing that might win people over and say, yeah, that, that kind of seems like something I could ride, you know, a quiet, manageable, emission-free motorcycle. That's, that's up my alley. Yeah, totally. Um, 
so yeah, maybe we'll we'll see like a head-to-head comparison. Maybe we'll have the the eighty mile per hour electric motorcycle shootout. You know, the top four contenders uh, sometime this year. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of really fun bikes out there to uh, to show. And and this this market this like place in the market is really maturing. So um, looking looking forward to more there. Um, again, uh, everybody out there listening. Uh, Apologize for the audio. Uh, Micah's uh, hotel Wi-Fi wasn't working on his computer, so we're doing it through the phone. Uh, we're, we're hoping it, it turns out a little bit better in, in post. But, uh, yeah, very sorry for that. Micah, you want to take us out here? Sure thing. So uh, thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in, even though this was a bit of a, a trickier episode to make happen. We will be back in two weeks, uh, surely, with a better setup the way you guys know and love us. So we will see you guys again, and uh, we look forward to the next episode.